How many times have you wished your kid came with a manual? When we are unsure as parents, there are so many conflicting opinions that it's overwhelming to know which way is best. Even when we're intentional, situations change, which require us to be flexible and remodel our styles to meet the needs of our families. I created this podcast to share principles and strategies that I have used in counseling and education to help parents prioritize authenticity, connection, and purpose with their kids. Welcome to Remodel Parenting. As I wrap up the Family Norm series, I'm going to discuss the last norm that I chose, which is apologies and forgiveness and what those look like in really healthy families. As I go through this last episode, I want to make sure that I clarify before I begin that the information in this particular episode is designed for families where both um, both adults in the relationship are functioning in a way that is supportive of one another and their families. If one or both people are struggling with anything in the realm of abuse, substance abuse and chemical dependency and other types of situations like that. What I'm going to discuss in this podcast today is not really the tools that are going to work in those situations. It's really important that this be looked at through a lens of people who are working together actively on a relationship, not one person who is and one person who is not. Um, But Hopefully, this information will be helpful to anyone who's listening. But if you find yourself in one of those situations, I do encourage you to reach out to a professional counselor in your area to discuss what this looks like in that type of setting and situation. So starting out, creating a culture in your family where people can mess up and fix it is an absolute necessity. Um, I'll tell you as a counselor and someone who has worked with families and also with many young adults in a college setting, the, the struggle for people to do everything right and to not mess things up can be one of the most distressing, non-direct psychological symptoms that I have seen. The amount of stress and pressure that people put on themselves to get it all right. What I know for sure is that kids in homes with parents do not need perfect parents. They need parents who are imperfect, who know they're imperfect, and who know how to make things right and model that for them. So when we create a culture where our kids and where we are allowed to mess up and figure out how to make it right, we model a process of redemption and coming back from things, not a facade of things being perfect and right. And this creates an overlay for many other concepts in life, both in your home and outside. When we define forgiveness well, it has to shift the way that we approach it and the way that we teach it to our kids and the way that we practice it ourselves. Forgiveness is the active decision to release a person or a group who's hurt you. It's not condoning, approving, or tolerating behaviors or allowing continued wrongdoing. It's a process of freeing the hurt person from bitterness and offers the option for inner peace. Forgiveness is not about being passive or ignoring the problem. It does not mean no consequences. It does not always mean that we continue relationships when the perpetrator is abusive or continues harmful behaviors. For relationship reconciliation, it's a process that everyone has to be involved in. 
Now, at times, family members are going to hurt each other and let each other down. But practicing forgiveness in your home is a valuable process for teaching your kids the process early on and modeling it for them as adults. Apologies in your house are vital, not just between your children and teaching them to apologize to their peers, but having them apologize and come back from the issues that they cause and modeling that as you apologize for the places that you might overstep in their lives, where you might say something that you didn't realize would hurt their feelings and they do. Instead of just shrugging it off and saying, well, you're being sensitive, making an effort to apologize and connect with your kids in that is valuable. Apologizing is abandoning the idea of needing to be right and valuing the the need to connect, which we all have at our core. Creating a common apology and do-over culture in your home, what is the practice of how we do? Uh, Create steps that people understand how to follow. When you have those steps laid out, it becomes easier and easier to do, especially the earlier everyone starts practicing that. In our house, we developed some skills for apologizing and and coming back from things that we practice. One of the decisions that my husband and I made early on is that if one of us was um, trying to handle a situation with the kids and the other person felt like they were getting too frustrated and maybe their own emotions were getting in the way, we agreed very early on that we would allow the other person to tap us out of the situation and tap into the ring, basically. Now, that's a hard thing because it takes swallowing a lot of pride. I'll tell you, apology and forgiveness culture in a home is a lot of weight on the parents because we have to adjust a lot of the ways that we do things at times, even if we have a shared understanding of letting things go in order to teach it to our kids. But I can remember times where I was very frustrated with one or both of my kids and Ben would kind of tap me on the shoulder or say, I've got this, I'll take over this. And we created a couple of different ways we could signal, we could signal that, but we agreed outside of the situation that if someone tapped you out, you weren't allowed to say no, you had to leave the ring. Well, that's a lot of pride swallowing because when you realize that the other person has noticed that you've lost your ability to be effective in that situation, you kind of just have to go walk away and lick your wounds. But that's what it provides the space for. Now, we let our kids in on what was happening there. It wasn't a secret in our house. One of the things that we told them is what we expect for you is the same thing we expect for ourselves, that if you're doing something and it's not helpful to the family, We're going to correct you and you have to shift and adjust and get back into line of of doing it correctly. And this is how that works for dad and me, or this is how that works for mom and me. And we submit to the same rules in our house. And when they saw that we did the same things, that was really helpful. When that would happen, it became practice for the other person to apologize if things had, you know, gotten out of hand or just weren't, we were too frustrated or we weren't listening or communicating. And we would come back around and apologize to the kids and take ownership of what we had done. The kids got really used to us apologizing to them and their requirement to apologize was not overly stressful. Even when they felt like they had done things, you know, hadn't done things the most wrong, they got a sense of it because we 
almost over apologized at times we even would apologize in front of them for things that we might not feel like we had to apologize to each other for if they weren't around because we understood what was going on or we had our rhythms in place but their seeing apology and forgiveness was much more important than um than just doing it the way that was comfortable for us. And we often did them in full family circles where we owned what we did in front of one another so that there wasn't any shame attached to it. And they got to see a model of not being ashamed of how you had acted or what you had done and really taking ownership of it, apologizing for it and making it right. There are steps um, that I think are really helpful in terms of seeking and granting forgiveness. Forgiveness is a topic that as I have talked to people over the course of being a counselor, when I ask people to define forgiveness for me, it's one of the terms that I'll say, do you understand what forgiveness is? And people will say solid yes. And then I say, tell me how you do it. How do you do forgiveness? I oftentimes get anything from Um, a very pensive look to deer in the headlights of realizing that there's not solid language for that. A lot of people have an idea surrounding forgiveness, but it's very abstract. And we only have abstract ideas of, of practices like forgiveness. It can hinder us from actually doing it. And if we can't put it into words, we really can't teach anyone else what, what that is either. So I'm going to go through some steps uh, of forgiveness, both if you're needing to forgive someone, but also if you're needing to seek forgiveness. If you're the person who's needing to seek forgiveness, there are a few things that you can walk through to help facilitate that process. The first is to take ownership of the wrong or hurt that you've caused. When you're teaching kids how to do this, they have to put language to it and take ownership of that. Now, this is really important because this is a hard step for a lot of adults, not just children, because notice the language here that it's take ownership of the wrong or hurt that you caused. Very frequently when we need to apologize and ask for forgiveness, we didn't intentionally do wrong or set out to hurt someone. However, somehow by proxy, our actions ended up causing hurt. So we teach our kids and we start adopting ourselves that if we have caused hurt that is enough justification to apologize and ask for forgiveness even if our intentions were right and and we didn't mean to then you take responsibility for for the consequences of your actions so if you have hurt someone's feelings and they are crying you don't get to tell them to stop crying. Um, You don't get to take control or try to control the consequences of your actions. You have to just kind of sit with the responsibility of what you've done and, and understand that there may be consequences that follow from that. The third is to make it right or commit to doing it differently in the future. If you, you can't always make right what you've done wrong, but you can make a commitment to doing things differently. The fourth is to apologize and ask for forgiveness, to put words to that, that it is not just a passive process, including asking for forgiveness. I want you to forgive me. It's a verbal extension to request reconnection and for moving forward. Now, the fifth is interesting because it's to forgive yourself and or create accountability. If hurt is big, sometimes you have to walk through a forgiveness process of yourself And that would get into a whole other topic for maybe another day. But if you can't forgive yourself and move forward, then it keeps the whole system behind. And also, 
if even when you've forgiven yourself, creating accountability to say who or what's going to hold me accountable to do what I say I'm going to do is very important and valuable. So it may be self-accountability or maybe external accountability to make sure that you're not repeating the same mistakes. If you need to forgive, there are steps for that too. The first is to take ownership of your feelings and allow them the space that they need. So many people skip this step, you guys. They, especially when we feel things deeply, we may distance ourselves from the hurt so that we don't have to feel it. But the truth is you can't forgive someone if you're not willing to feel the hurt that it caused. If you reject the hurt that it caused or the pain that has that has come upon you because of what someone else did, whether it's words or actions, then you can't even start a process of addressing what that does. So you've got to own those feelings first. And that goes back to another norm of the feeling awareness and being able to address and identify what we feel. The second step is to release your right to get even. You have to voluntarily give up your right to get even or to do something wrong or to cause pain or issue for the other person. That has to be a voluntary release. It's not because they don't deserve it or it's not because that might not be justice. It's for the purpose of releasing yourself. The third is to be clear about your your needs and expectations now or in the future. So it may be this can't happen again. It may be this is what you need to do to make it right. But it gives the other person a pathway to move forward to when you're working towards reconciliation. The fourth is commit to an active process of releasing resentment and bitterness. This may be a minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, month to month process as the as feelings heal um, over the course of active time, not just regular time, but active time. But you have to commit to that process to say when bitterness or resentment arises, I'm going to deal with it in a healthy way. I'm not going to continue to let my mind cycle on this, not because it's not important or not because what happened was fine, but because that's not a way for me to move forward. And the fifth is to communicate your choice to forgive. That fifth step happens when you're working towards reconciliation. Um, And like we said before, sometimes you can't work towards reconciliation if there's been... um, extreme breaches uh, of issues but inside of family systems communicating your choice to forgive is an accountability process for both people these are steps that you can teach and start practicing with children very young but what you have to do with very small children is resist the urge to just say say sorry There's a very short period of time that that works and starts to be concrete, but then it takes growing your kid through processes to expand their language, to verbally take ownership of what they've done, and to walk through these steps as well. And kids pretty young can start walking through some of these steps and help them to do that. Um, For kids and teens, requiring that they apologize, but giving them time to collect themselves, to calm down. And giving them the time and space for their apology to be honest and fully formed and thoughtful and connected is very important. So being able to uh, put off the time for it, for the effect of it, is vital for kids that age a lot of times. And then with older teenagers and young adults being willing to apologize uh, for style even and adjust, letting your, te- your older teens, even sometimes your younger teens, depending on maturity level, and your adult children help guide you too 
and really track with them on what they need as you're apologizing and asking for forgiveness and as you're negotiating the relationship together. And you can teach your kids very young how to do this as well and start that process. But but the set standard of apologizing and asking for forgiveness lays a groundwork for normalizing messing up and giving pathways to make bridges back to one another and making things right that is a vital skill for anyone in relationships for the rest of their lives. Thank you for listening to Remodel Parenting. If this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss our weekly episodes. You can visit theremodelproject.com to sign up for our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.